Man, I just wanted to do a podcast about something we all could relate to and that I could speak to specifically. And that's about being broke. Welcome to The Broke Stops Here. I'm your host, Dame Grant. On this episode, I talk to comic Derek Strong. I met Derek at a comedy show at my house. You see, I charge people to come watch comedy shows at my house because the hustle is real. And Derek came to the show, but he didn't have to pay. Comics never do because the struggle is real. And the more I started to talk to Derek, I realized that he mentioned how old he was more than once. And I knew right there, he had some stories. He had seen some things, done some things. So take a listen. And if you have a sensitive stomach, you might want to get prepared. fans just all around because they love all of the Philly teams it's not like you just have people who are just Eagles fans like Mm -hmm. no if you have an Eagles fan they love the uh, Phillies Flyers they love every just Phillies team it's how how long did you live there uh, two years it was insane give you a perfect example like I was I was big into strip clubs for a while okay like strip clubs would have price deals Okay. Anytime Philly went up against Dallas, because I was like the big like that is a yeah, big rivalry. That is a yeah. big rivalry. So yeah. like it was just like you, you know you I would know when they were going because it's like oh half off butt you know at uh, what was it called uh, cheerleaders that's beautiful yeah and it's like two blocks away from the like, stadium like there's like three stadiums back to back just like that's where cheerleaders is I'm like that's smart that's just brilliant <laughs> oh, yeah that's brilliant yeah you got a lot of money out of me I'll tell you that much <laughs> what do you but what do you mean you were in the strip club just going every week sometimes it was twice a week you know because it's che- very cheap to live in Philly. You know, and I had a good paying job. So I'm like, I lived in North Philly, which is the equivalent of Southside Chicago. You know what I mean? So like 300 bucks a month rent. So I was just, all of the rest of my money was just liquor, liquor, strip clubs, strip clubs. It's literally a wasted two year period of my life. It was just, <laughs> I don't think it was wasted. I think I needed to get it out of my system because I didn't do any of that stuff when I was in my 20s. Right. So it was like playing catch up. Like, all right, let me get this out of the way now so I could be an adult. I yeah. thought it was going to be like a five year period, to be honest. So it was only two. Oh, that's good. You cut it yeah. short at least. Exactly. Can't yeah. be bad. <laughs> so, and is Philly where um, you ran out of electricity? No, where I ran out of electricity was, okay, so I lived in the Bronx, right, New York. Okay. I had a Section 8 apartment, right? It was funny when you mentioned being broke versus being poor. Okay, being poor, you're, in my opinion, you could be poor, but you're still making ends meet. You're just not living an affluent lifestyle. Yeah. If you're poor, it's, it's a struggle every day, but you know what? It's the rent is paid for, you know, the lights are on, all that. Being broke is when, no, there's like past due notices and the rent is not being paid and your landlord is stalking you. And like when I was living there, um, I was on a fixed income. I was getting SSI uh Uh, which is uh, Supplemental Security Income. Um, It's a branch of Social Security, right? I was getting $650 a month. That was all my money for a month. I had that, I had $50 in food stamps, and I had to budget those two things to pay rent and survive, basically, right? And mind you, the reason why I got all that stuff was um, mental health issues. Uh, I was homeless for a few years, got on all the social service programs and stuff like that. Basically, like, I was one shade removed from being long-term institutionalized. So, like, I wasn't really, like, like going to the job ready functioning. I was basically like kept away from from like work. Like I you wouldn't want me at a job. It's just it wouldn't be a good thing, right? So 
I have this limited amount of money to budget for the entire month. Now, mind you, I have the mentality from being homeless that, oh my God, life could be over any day. Why am I, there is no future, you know? I'm not, I'm not gonna budget money, why do that? So I'm living in the Bronx and, uh, you know, I'm living that lifestyle with, you know, $700 a month total for between food and everything else. You know, my rent was only 150 because I had Section 8, so, you know, that wasn't too bad. Beautiful apartment, by the way. Parkchester, Bronx, New York. If you're looking to move to New York, yeah, it's admission from anything else you're going to ever do in New York. It's not a peaceful neighborhood. There's gunshots every night, but listen, you will get a beautiful apartment for not that much money, okay? I had a one-bedroom. I had a walk-in closet, high ceilings, zero infestations of any sort. Beautiful place, all right? I fucked it up. I'm living there in this beautiful apartment that I'm spending $150 a month on, right? I'm living way outside my means. I forgot what was the inciting incident where I just stopped paying the electric bill. I I think it was just because I just stopped caring after a while. I just stopped paying it. But I had missed the fact that I'd gotten the past due notice. Like, because I was like, I was almost a shut-in at that point. Like, I was afraid to go outside. Like, I was, again, screwed up in the head. So I wasn't getting my mail. My mail was packed. Like, the post office literally had to tell me to come and get the mail at the post office at one point. So they cut the electricity off, right? Now, here's the messed up part. So living broke, like, the type of meals that I would eat, like, I would eat, like, ramen and Vienna sausage. You know the Goya cans of Vienna sausage? Not the tastiest meat product known to man. You could barely call it meat, right? So I'm eating those two mixed together like it was, and I call it casserole because, I mean, that's, I mean that's, that's the worst casserole ever. But it's literally the cheapest, one of the cheapest meals you could have is a pack of ramen and that. So I had a little bit of money that I didn't completely blow. And, oh, with food stamps, you could trade in food stamps in New York with the card. You could It's called 7 for 10, they call it. So, yeah, you can get $10 worth of food. But if you go to most of the bodegas around there, if you spend $10 worth of food stamps, you could get $7 worth of anything else. So I was smoking cigarettes at a time, so most of my food stamp money would go for cigarettes. Okay. Wow. So that's the setup is I'm broke and I'm a crazy person, and I honestly believe the world's going to end at any time. So why budget money? My power goes out, and I had bought chicken from. It was just legs and thighs, right? I I bought chicken from uh, the grocery store around the corner. First time I had like that level of meat in a while, right? And it was in the fridge, and all I had in my fridge was that chicken and some condiments, right? The power goes out. I'm like, oh shit! I got to cook this chicken, right? (laughs) I got to cook this chicken. Like, I, I've been wanting this chicken for a while. I didn't think the power was going to go out. I got to cook this chicken, right? I have candles. That comes to the point later on. I'm like, all right, so I have, my, I have a gas stove, so that's still good, right? And the kitchen was close enough to the front door of the apartment that I could open the front door of the apartment and get the light from the hallway in. So, so you're kind of getting the setup here. But I knew that the power was off that morning, right? What I didn't do was cook the chicken in the morning. No, I fell asleep, woke up. It was already dusk, right? Now that I'm in panic mode, I'm like, I'm going to lose this chicken. Yeah, I got to cook it now, right? And it was one of those big packs because, dude, it was 19 cents a pound. So I loaded up on it for the legs and thighs. Like, but you have to get, like, the big, like, multi-pound pack for it. So I'm like, all right, I got to cook this chicken up, all right? So had the frying pan, had it on the stove, right? And it was just, it wasn't like I was putting breadcrumbs on it or doing anything. No, it was just like, I had some grease. I'm going to cook it up. But it is dark out. I'm like, oh, how am I going to do this, right? So the way I test grease was, I, you know, get my a uh, little bit of my fingers a little wet. Now I drop a drop of water in there. When I hear a crackle, that's when I knew it was hot enough to put chicken in, right? So, and this was especially helpful because I'm basically, the, I'm like daredevil, you know? I'm like blind cooking chicken, right? Light up a candle. I start frying this chicken. 
And I don't know if what you would call it. I know with steak, you call it black and blue when you burn the outside and it's just raw in the middle. But that was like the first four pieces of chicken was like that. I'm like, oh, my God. I think that's called salmonella. <laughs> yeah, that's called like, dude, you can't see and you're yeah. trying to cook. So yeah. um, I get through the whole thing of chicken and most of it. And mind you, I'm starving at this time, right? I'm like, and I'm still fat, mind you. Don't get me wrong. Because like, most of my food consists of like Little Debbie snack cakes and ramen. Like you're not. And I'm just sleeping all the time. So, and I'm heavily medicated. And dude, if you want to talk about your metabolism sucking, medication. Woo. Anyway, so I have this chicken. It's 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 varying degrees of done, right? And I tear into it. Dude, if you had rare to medium rare chicken, it is not a pleasant, like you feel it wrong in your mouth, right? And I have the door open to get some of that ambient light. My neighbors are looking in because smoke is coming out because I'm burning the shit out of the chicken all just on the outside. Inside, not pink, red, bloody chicken. I can't let this go to waste. I couldn't put it back in the fridge, so I've softened a bit on it, but I had like a, a Nazi level like hatred of wasting food. Like I can't see it being done. I had real issues with it. Now I'm a little bit more, but back then, is this whoa? You couldn't let it go to waste. Couldn't let it go to waste, right? So I knock out this medium rare chicken, <laughs> right? Fortunately, like my stomach has been through some stuff, so I'm able to handle like off food. But like in terms of like the memory of that feel in my mouth, like I can't get rid of that. That's just gonna be there forever. And the oven worked. Like I didn't, it didn't even occur to me to like take it and put it in the oven because that like. I could have done that. I could have just baked the chicken like, yeah. no, let's yeah, fry it. I want fried, fried chicken. I bought the chicken to fry it. Let's fry the chicken. So what about the candles? Okay, so I got some of the light from the outside. I had candles, right? And they weren't like even scented candles. They were little like votive candles, you know, like the, the little white ones that they put inside the glass things like for tables. So I had that and I had one back of them, right? Because I'm a Jew. It felt like I was literally reliving Hanukkah. I got to make these fucking things last, right? So I wasn't trying to burn them all down. <laughs> so I had one by the stove, right? Yeah. Thinking that was going to help. It wasn't doing much of anything. It was just there to just see the grease splatter onto the stove. Like there was no, this was not helping at all, you know? And I'm thinking like, oh man, this is one of eight candles and I'm burning it for this, you know? So yeah, yeah I need this to be able to get to the bathroom. Like like it's the 1800s, like I'm going to an outhouse, you know what I mean? Like this is the this is my light source to get yeah. around my apartment for, yeah. You're brave dude. Thank you, thank brave, you. Brave, tough man. Typically the poor versus broke that I've heard so far is that poor is the worst of the two. Broke being more temporary. And yeah, then, okay. And poor was yeah. Yeah, an enduring, you know. But yeah. for you, it seems like... It was both. I was, I, was, I was living in both worlds, yeah. Again, if you were living ideally, you could technically budget the money that I was getting on a monthly basis and be able to survive. You're not living, though. You're surviving at that point. To me, that was my concept of poor. Like, it was just like, okay... This and it and but it's like you said, it's the longer term. Like you're just you're living in this. There's no end in sight. There's no like, oh, I'm gonna get out of this. To, you know, if I pay off a couple of bills, like even if I paid off those bills, it, like I did get my light back on. I got a loan from a friend. I got my lights back on, but that didn't stop me from you know having a budget seven hundred dollars a month. You know what I mean? Like right. that that was still a persistent thing. So that was the poor part. But that poor part, like you're able to get to broke so much faster. You know what I mean? Like. Broke keeps happening Re repeatedly throughout the years that I was on this system. It was periods of broke. 
it sounds like the reason you kind of got into that predicament was a mix of things, mental yeah. issues and, and right. How'd you get back into the black? Was there a turning point? There was a turning point. It's positive, but it's negative. So I got to the point where I got a computer, started doing online and dating, met my ex. And my ex, she's a saint to this day. Uh, uh, you know, if I ever get rich, she's she's getting a house out of it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh mm-hmm awesome person she helped me get some of my stuff together like she helped me get a job uh with uh actually a guy who became one of my friends later on she helped me get a job there she you know kind of focused me so i was able to get a job and dude let me tell you what happened so Mm -hmm. i got this better job i was working at this very shady tax firm in the empire state building in new york right and empire people don't know this the empire state building isn't just a tourist attraction there's businesses there right so 75 Fifth floor? God, I wish I could burn this from my memory. They were basically bilking old people out of their money, you know, and they're out of their retirement checks, and I was customer service, right? Worked up to the point being a manager, was getting paid decent money, all right? Section 8, the way it works, it takes you forever to get on Section 8, right? And for people who don't know what Section 8 is, it's a housing program. It subsidizes the rent for housing. You know, great program. Their priority, of course, is uh, homeless women with children, which it should be, and veterans. So unless you're a homeless woman with a child or a veteran, you're put on the waiting list. Me, you know, I had severe mental illness, so that took a couple years, but I eventually got on it. And the way it works is if you make over a certain amount of money, and this is why people have this issue with people on programs. They don't understand this. The second you make over that threshold, you get cut off. So my rent went from $150 a month to $1,050 a month in the span of one month because I was making too much money at this job. I wasn't making enough to make ends meet, but I was making too much for Section 8. You get flagged instantly. They're like, oh, you, whoa, you're, he's making too much. Social Security, though, they didn't. So for a while, I was getting my Social Security check. What I didn't know about that, so I'm like, oh, wow, all right, so now I I could afford to live here because I'm still getting this. What I didn't know is if you don't tell them that you got this job and you're making too much money, they'll still send you the check. You're still cashing the check, but it's retroactive. So from the moment that you get that first check from your job to when they officially cut you off, if you don't stop, if you don't tell them to stop, you owe them all that money back. So I ended up owing Social Security like that. But like I was just owing money. Yeah, owed money. I definitely owed them like over over a couple thousand dollars. So like I remember it's like my the, my lowest you know debt was about two grand. So that could that was probably them. But yeah, it was like of the five places where I owed money to, that was one of them. You know, it's, it's funny too. Um, the last guy I had on the show, yeah, when we talked about his turning point, yeah, it involved a woman. Oh yeah. You know, you know, getting him on the on the uh, on the right path. So it, it takes a good woman to get that foot right in somebody's ass. You know what I mean? Just like you know, you need that. I mean, you know, as a guy, I mean, you know, yeah, I had my issues, but it's you know, definitely one of the things that helped those issues out was being isolated and alone in this apartment, having somebody there who was you know really just you know because she was focused in her own life. You know, she was in grad school. You know, ladies, I'm sorry for this, but one of the things that made me attracted to her in the beginning was the fact that she like I. I don't drive to this day, but she had a car. I'm like, oh, shit, she has a car? <laughs> yeah, all right. One of the first things she did when we got together was, you know, we went grocery shopping. She filled my entire apartment, just like every cabinet that I had, just like with dry goods. Like, yeah, and filled the fridge. Like, I'm like, all right, yeah, I got I to gotta stay. I got to see where this goes with this one. You know, this is, she, she's a, she looks like she could be the one. Like, you know, all of a sudden, magically, who would have known? 
You hit the jackpot. I hit the jackpot. So, you know, she's awesome. You know, and she still does great work. She's a social worker. So any habits uh, that you've kind of maintained or or saw beneficial that worked for you that, you know, kind of keeping you on the right track, you know, from making my own money, not, you know, going back on the system because the system is so cyclical in nature. Like people who are on it, again, the threshold for being off of it and, and surviving versus being on it, like that gap in between being able to survive with a job and being able to survive, but be on the system, that in between gap is bigger than people think. You know, if you're anywhere in that margin, that isn't one of those two places, you're fucked. You can't have a job okay, and function and support yourself and not have some of those benefits. Like a lot of them do have now, they have a lot more of the transitional programs. Like they won't fully cut you off of food stamps. They won't fully cut you off of social security. But dude, once you're in it, there's a lot there. It does create dependency. Like I go to work, I stock groceries now, and I love every day that I'm at work because I'm working. Like, and people look at me like I'm fucking crazy. It's like, no, I, th- I this is my job. I'm going to treat it like a job, Right. And because of that, like, I've gotten managerial positions pretty fast at every company that I work for. I don't want to be in management ever again. I want to clock into work. I want to leave at the end of the day. I'm making about half as much money as I was making last year being an assistant store manager. I was getting paid really well, and I was just like, no, 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 no more. This six years in management, I can't. I'm very happy and content stocking shelves. You know, I work one extra day a week, and I'm making almost the same amount of money. So I'm like, fine. Like, yeah. yeah. That's genius. Yeah. You know, and now I'm starting to cut into my debt and paying off bills and actually being a functioning adult, going to the gym every day. I'm loving life, so I can't complain. And I'm doing comedy. It's all, it's all happening, man. It is, man. It's just, you know, it's a, I like it. I run an open mic every week. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. Thanks for being on the show, dude. Absolutely. Uh, this has been really in, uh, insightful and enlightening. Oh, good. I'm glad. And I like this. Excellent. See what I mean, you sensitive stomach people. I want to thank Derek Strong again for being a guest on this episode of The Broke Stops Here. You can find Derek performing all over Chicago and at his open mic on Friday nights at The Driftwood. Uh, If you like what we're doing here on The Broke Stops Here, please subscribe, leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you find a podcast. Also, want to donate? We've teamed up with Patreon, which you can find more information about in the detailed description of the show. Again, thank you for listening. I've been your host, Dame Grant. You can follow me at www.damegrant.com and Dame Grant on Instagram and Twitter. Again, thank you for listening and stay broke, but not forever.